What's up, guys? It's Saturday, February 13th, 2021, and you're listening or watching to FritzCast. Welcome to this week's episode. And uh, obviously, I'm running late this week. Obviously, I have no guests this week. Uh, that doesn't mean that I don't have guests scheduled. I just uh, finished talking with Eric Brakey, Senate, former senator, former state senator Eric Brakey, who does a lot of work with uh, Young Americans for Liberty and... Uh, and does uh, a great deal of pontificating on the social medias about uh, liberty and, and strategy and all that. I'm getting ready to finish booking him up. Joshua Smith, who's starting his own podcast, he's on the docket. Brian Nichols is on the docket. And Kurt at Checkmate State is also on the docket. These are all very popular people within the uh, liberty movement. And I'm very much looking forward and excited to talking with each of them. And uh, continuing the great content, continuing the great episodes. But this this week, this week is going to just be me and you and my goofy voices. And really, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to say I'm hyper focused on any one particular thing. There's so much that you can talk about week in and week out. And, um, I, you know, I think about it every week. What can I talk about? What can I focus on? What's being talked about on an oversaturated level and what is not being talked about uh, a lot uh, or ignored or just it's not at the forefront of, of uh, the mainstream discussion. And uh, it's uh, sometimes it's hard to really think about what you want to talk about uh, when it comes to these things and what you want to plan and how much you want to plan. Most people know that my show is like, I, this is mostly off the cuff every week, including my interviews with the people that I get to come onto the show. We have discussions. We don't have planned bullet point, you know, have to stick to a script type of thing. Uh, because I hate that. It's fake. Let's let's be honest. If I sit here and I do and I draw up monologues, okay, I'm not Glenn Beck. I'm not, I'm not a, a conservative talk show host. Uh, or, or a radio host or official program. This is FritzCast. It's a podcast. This is the guy I write, I produce, I direct, I <laughs> I edit. It's all me. I don't have a team. Uh, I don't have a team of people to look upon to do that kind of thing. I, this is this is what you get. You know, this is my look at my lighting. This is not professional lighting, but it does the job. Um, it does the job. And look, the the background's cleaned up and all patriotic and stuff. It's kind of cool, right? You know, uh, but the point is, is that I could write out monologues. I could just, you know, write out a bunch of stuff, have a bunch of video clips and stuff to play. But that's not it's not genuine if I I mean, I guess you could say it's genuine if I write my thoughts out and stick to that. But that's what I have a, a blog for. I did put up a blog on uh, fritzcast.webnode.com, which I think pretty shortly is just going to become fritzcast.com to make it easier and and branded and everything um so i don't have to lend credence to the fact that i'm a cheap bum using something like webnode uh but uh but that's what like a blog is for i can sit and write out my thoughts and you can read it and it's cool uh genuine me though if i'm talking about something this is this is the genuine fritz i'm not i don't have a script i don't have a teleprompter i'm literally i'm looking at the camera I'm looking at you i have no notes anywhere and uh, all, it's just me, you, and this cup of coffee. Or is it coffee? It's coffee. 
And, um, you know, for those of you listening, not, you know, for those of you not that don't indulge in the YouTube program, uh, but you listen on uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you, you guys are probably the OGs that have been with me since day one. You know how this works. Um, I think the best genuine thought and the, 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 the most unique and true self and thought is is off the cuff. It's not me sitting down rehearsing it, you know. Um, I can rehearse stupid voices and stuff, you know, that's fine. But, um, you know, uh, I'd rather just do it this way. I'd rather do it this way. And one of the things that's been on my mind is the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus, which if all goes well tonight, I'm actually going to be meeting with fellow Mises Caucus uh, members, constituents, whatever, whatever you want to call us, a group of us, um, in the Delaware area. Uh, And the Mises Caucus is, when I say Mises Caucus, a lot of people will probably drum up, well, there's two schools of thought. If you're not a libertarian, you're going to be sitting here going, what's the Mises Caucus? What is he talking about? Um, It's a faction, you know, uh, like the Republicans have the Liberty or the Freedom Caucus, the Freedom Caucus. Uh, you know this. The, the, you know this. This popped up the other day. Christy Noem was hailed by a bunch of liberty-loving people uh, for South Dakota because she's she's not a lockdowner. She's not. She didn't close down her state. She didn't uh, force a lot of uh, mandates and all that jazz. But then, just last week, I guess, the the public had voted on um, largely to legalize marijuana. And Christy Noem rears her head in and says, nope, we're not going to do that. I'm going to overturn that. In fact, we're going to overturn it because they voted for uh, something that was, uh, it was like to to decriminalize it, uh, um, regulate it, and tax it. And I guess in South Dakota, it has to be one, the bill has to be one item. And so, on a technicality, she's, you know, boom, no, reversed, because it wasn't one item. Whatever. Uh, th- that's causing a stir of people, like, you know, oh, Christy Noem's talking about limited government and being this big, you know, open state that, you know, is all about your personal freedom, except when you want to smoke or grow or eat a plant that we don't like. Um, I'm not going to turn this into a drug war discussion though, um, because it doesn't need to go there. I don't want it to go there, and it's not its not on the subject that I want to talk about. I, in talking about the Mises Caucus, though, a lot of people think of Dave Smith, um, Joshua Smith, um, and other people as well. Uh, and it's always referred to as the takeover. Um, this is like some drummed-up Stuff about, oh, the Mises Caucus is going to infiltrate and take over the Libertarian Party. And uh, the Mises Caucus themselves posted up a great YouTube video. I'm actually going to link it in here below. That uh, was between Dave Smith um, and two other individuals who whose names are slipping me. And I'm sorry because you are actually prominent people. One of you is actually the uh, foundation person of the Mises Caucus, and the other one is the pink-haired libertarian lady. I know her name's Karen, I think, or, 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 but I'm sorry, okay, off the cuff, all right, this is what happens when I don't write down and take notes, but Dave Smith, um, of course, comedian, 
uh, and very, very prominent on social media and very big social media presence in the Libertarian Party. Gets a lot of flack. So does Thomas Woods. So does a bunch of Mises Caucus people. There's lots of slander going on. There's lots of made up, you know, some of it's made up, straight up lies. And uh, I think everybody and their brother has debated Dave Smith at this point. Um, I would love, I haven't reached out to him yet, but I would love to have Dave Smith on at one of the episodes coming up uh, just to have a discussion. The only reason I haven't reached out to him yet is because I'm afraid, I'm not afraid of, I'm not debating him because I'm very much on Dave's side. There might be like, you know, one or two points where I'd be like, eh, wait, you know, hold on, let's, you know, can we focus or can we refocus or look at it in a different way? Uh, but overall, I would say uh, if we hearken back to my Larry Sharp episode, it's like 80-20, but it's probably more like 95-5 where I'm like, yeah, Dave Smith is is the guy. Dave Smith is the way. Dave Smith is smart about this. And the only reason I haven't extended that invitation is because I'm afraid that, like, it's an over-talked-about point on on that front. Like, he's debated so many people about it. He's talked about it day in and day out on his own podcast. And I'm sure there's dozens of other interviews that I could pull up that he's done recently about the subject. And I don't want to, I don't want to just be a, a rehashing echo chamber of the same talking points and not have something genuine come out of it. Uh, but back to the original point, people shit on Dave Smith and some of the Libertarian Mises Caucus members. And I think it's wholly unwarranted. I think it's a, a, a kind of a warfare generated from the quote-unquote establishment Libertarian Party. Um, oh, there's an establishment Libertarian Party? Uh, the political parties, I think, get that way, whether they're actually influential in American politics or like the Libertarian Party, not so much. When you're a libertarian, I think more people philosophically line up with libertarian ideology, uh, but they don't with the party because the party is this this haphazard, disorganized, disjolted thing. Um, it lacks it la- it lacks vision. It lacks lacks direction. It lacks enthusiasm. It lacks fire. It lacks spark, and. We have to honestly talk about that because if we don't honestly talk about that, what is the point? This is something that my friend Brian Nichols brings up all the time as a marketer and a salesman. You can't sell people on coming to the Libertarian Party as just being a um, loud noises. You can't sell people on not winning. You can't sell people on... Um, half-assed approach or Republican light. I mean, let's let's talk honestly about it. The one thing that people bring up a lot is 2016, okay? We did have a 2020 election cycle, and I'll get there in a second. 2016, Gary Johnson, Bill Weld. Bill Weld, not a libertarian. Bill Weld was pretty much solicited by... Gary Johnson, Nicholas Starworks, some higher-ups, elbow rubbers in the LP, for money, for money and fundraising and all that. And that was a campaign. The 2016 Libertarian campaign was not one that was boasting of genuine libertarianism and liberty. It was more of a 
two former Republican governors who were elected in Democrat states, meaning that they're more moderates, it was like a moderate ticket. It was like the ticket that came out and said, Hillary Clinton is shit. Donald Trump's even more shit. Why would you vote for either of them? You're a disaffected Republican or Democrat. You can come to the middle because we're the best of both worlds. And guess what? When you try to sell yourself as the best of both worlds, I believe it's a I believe there's a Van Halen album called The Best of Both Worlds. It's like a greatest hits album that has David Lee Roth, the greatest hits, and Sammy Hagar, greatest hits. And if you ask me, nobody really cares or likes Sammy Hagar, Van Halen. Maybe there's a good song or two. I don't know. I didn't like any of it. I like when you talk about Van Halen, it's either we're talking OG David Lee Roth, Van Halen albums. Or nothing. I don't really care for Sammy Hagar, Van Halen. It's not Van Halen to me. It's like a different band. And Johnson Weld, as enthusiastic as I was in 2016, this is what happens Like if you casually get into the liberty movement. Larry Sharp is right. You either become more libertarian or you leave. I became more libertarian. I started criticizing the 2016 approach because... While Nick Sarwark was standing up at, at podiums and talking about how not even 5 million votes was was an impact. I mean, yes, it was an impact, but it wasn't an impact on a libertarian message. It was, a li- it was an impact on a message of we hate Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton so much that we'll vote for this person. And we could only rope up 5 million people for that. And there was a significant, I guess, tremor from that because people thought this is a working strategy in 2016. And I said, following that and through the last couple of years of the podcast, you can, you can go back and dig through episodes and you can hear me say that the, the success of 2016 for libertarians hinges on what happens in the coming elections. And did libertarians sweep elections across the board up and down? Did libertarians grow their party? Did libertarians get even more voters or the same amount of voters in 2020? And the answer is no. The answer is no, because a bunch of those people that voted for Johnson and Weld weren't libertarians. Not at heart. Not at heart. The campaign was trying to pick at the people that were sick of the two systems in place and would want to give the softest middle finger to it ever because Johnson and Weld weren't espousing the core tenets of the Libertarian Party. They were, they were taking that little image you've seen on the internet, which I could pull it up now, but I'm not going to, uh, that has like conservative liberal and it has like two columns of stuff listed out and then there's this box that they put in the middle and they're like and this is libertarianism it's the best of both worlds it's not the best of both worlds that doesn't it's not going to market that's not going to draw people into the libertarian party of being this supreme party of centrism doesn't work doesn't work soft messaging might have its place in its time, 
But the times that we're in now is not times for soft messaging. This isn't the time to be like, well, hey, the Republicans are great. And this is the other thing, too, with, with, that I hate with libertarians. A lot of them will have come from the right side of the spectrum of politics. They're, they're, these are the people that, and this is how I started, these are the people that say, most of the Republican Party on paper is what I like. It's just the fact that they don't represent that stuff. Like, they're like, I'm for limited government and conservatism and the Constitution and all that and all that jazz. They list off all those bullet points of what the Republican Party and conservatism is supposed to be, right? And they say, but those guys don't live up to it. They're just, they're just, um, they're really just progressives driving the speed limit or socialists driving the speed limit, however Michael Malice poses it. And so they get disaffected and they come over to the Libertarian Party because, you know, that's the place. They're not Democrats. They're not going to fit in with the progressive uh, uh, wing of things. So they come here and they think that this is going to fit the bill for them. But it's it's it's, it's not. There's still disconnect there because they're fundamentally misunderstanding tenets of tenets and principles and pillars of liberty. 2016, in my eyes, when we when when you look at that, I in my eyes it's a failure. What was the follow up in 2020? They got Joe Jorgensen, nice woman, loved Joe, loved talking to Joe on my show. It was a big opportunity for me and my show to talk to her. Obviously, even as the what second highest vote grabbing for the Libertarian Party. Um, it was still a major downstep from 2016 because 2016, 2016 is like this outlying thing. It's not, it's not really, I don't think it's a good, I don't think it's good at all to, to try to base any success off of 2016 because it was this fluke outlier, you know. 2020, the candidate, the, the candidate slate for 2020 was no better. It was Donald Trump again, which has turned Republican and the GOP party into um, a MAGA loyalist cult of sorts. Thank you, John Ziegler, who is also on the program very, very uh, early kicking off our year. Uh, it's turned the GOP into a wave of loyalists just fighting the Democrats. And the Democrats uh, coughed up Joe Biden. And you can talk about the historic number of votes that Joe Biden got and all that. It's because of how the voting system was opened up and changed during a pandemic. And so many people, you can see it right now in people's reactions throughout the media and online and in their discussions, People voted for Joe Biden not to vote for Joe Biden. They voted for Joe Biden to vote Donald Trump out. And a lot of people are having voters remorse right now because Biden's not cutting it for them. Although it's still very early in his presidency. But he's not cutting it for them. And this is where we're at. We're at now, uh, we just had another impeachment trial, which, if you ask me, was 
mostly noise and a waste of time because I think everybody knows what the result of that is going to be. And I think you can hate what happened on January 6th and you can believe that Donald Trump did play at least somewhat of a role, whether it had the nefarious intent of getting people hurt is another discussion. Because I think that I think that I think the events of January sixth were a large a, a larger group of bad intent people who were disorganized in a giant mob of, of people. And they stormed into the Capitol and they were violent and they were loud and they were rowdy, but they had no idea what they were doing or really why they were doing it. And that still doesn't that still doesn't take away from the fact that there was a crap ton of people that were there to just go to a Donald Trump rally as as has been going on since the dawn of Donald Trumpism in 2015. Um, there was still a great deal of people there that did not engage in violence, uh, but there was a large amount of people who did storm into the Capitol and engage in violence and and looting and breaking things and uh and you know engaging in actions that otherwise you know I think are just I really don't like talking about it. I really don't like looking back at the footage of it. I don't like any of it. But um this is where we stand and we just went through another impeachment trial, but I think we we all know what the outcome of that's going to be. And uh but now we also have Overreaching cancel culture of sorts. Gina Carano, for example, uh, getting getting the can from Disney. From uh, she was in the Mandalorian as Cara Dune, as a as a character that people ended up really really loving, and she gets canned by Disney for tweets that uh, weren't overly hateful or or anything like that. If anything, it was just merely f- stating facts of history. Um, perhaps in a way that, that you thought, perhaps in a way that they thought was more extreme, but, but not really in my, in my eyes, it wasn't that extreme. It wasn't that like, you know, it wasn't disgusting or anything like that. And then that's from a company that hired or that had James Gunn hired James Gunn then, uh, throughout the years had, uh, tweets of, uh, very just bizarre, disgusting, and even borderline pedophilic, um, or not even borderline, just full-blown pedophilic, and got fired by Disney and then got rehired anyway because of money, um, which is a, a sad state of affairs. So, But this is where we're at now, and we have you know the government talking about um, cracking down and having like you know a, a wave of uh, of of uh, you know, fighting homeland domestic terrorism, the war on domestic terrorism, and and uh, the, people like uh, conservative talk show radio hosts being implicated in causing a, a this this big uprising of things, and and some of it is very one sided looking to me. Uh, if there was one good thing that came out of, uh, I, I think, uh, Trump's impeachment trial. Over the past couple of days, it was the giant video clip they played of rhetoric, of rhetoric of of politicians 
standing in front of crowds and saying, you know, certain words and all that. Um, I think there's still an argument about Donald Trump being wrong for the events of January 6th, for picking that day, for propagating a lie. I, I think if you can't come to terms with the fact that a lie was propagated, that, that something could have mystically, magically been done to change things on January 6th, no. It, it was a lie. And you... And he called upon a bunch of people to come and people like Charlie Kirk and others bust people down there. And then what happened, the playing with fiery rhetoric, um, the backdraft came and ignited and the damage was done. And now here we are dealing with things. Um, but that's just some of my, you know, that's just some of my thoughts on this stuff. And the Mises Caucus is, I think, I think it's good I think it's the good and right approach for the Libertarian Party to take because uh, the, how how are you going to be successful just being um, a loud voice? You can I mean, so many so many things have to be changed. And I've talked with this with Todd Hagopian and a bunch of others that I've brought onto the program. And I think more and more as we have more guests on the program and get a little more insight from outside of just my perspective and bubble, uh, you know, I think people are going to see that building a, a liberty movement is, uh, it's really from the ground up that works. It's not focusing on the presidency or trying to make an impactful number on a presidential election as much as it's getting good, dedicated people elected into their local offices, enacting big change. And I think Dave Smith's approach is right. Um, I think, I think the two big pillars being anti-war and anti-Fed is the starting point um, on a national scale for the Libertarian Party, um, because a lot of the other stuff can be um, healthily discussed and debated um, in a good faith, friendly manner, not in a hostile manner, uh, but. It's just it's 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 crazy it's crazy it's crazy but I implore you I'm gonna wrap up now I implore you I'm I'm linking the LP Mises Caucus discussion that happened yesterday or two days ago uh, in the description below and I, I implore you to watch that uh, because it's it's far better than I could express in words and you know I think I, I think it's an important discussion that needs to be had. And uh, I also think people need to stop shitting on Dave Smith. He doesn't need me to defend him, obviously. He's debated so many of these, you know, people and more or less either eviscerated them or proved that those people don't understand why they hate Dave Smith. And it's funny to me. If people want to keep doing it, keep doing it um, because I'll keep watching it. <laughs> I will keep watching it for sure. Uh, but that's going to do it for me, guys. If you're not already following me on Twitter, it's at FritzQS. Uh, you guys blew up a tweet or uh, a meme that I did of, of of Ron Paul snapping away the Federal Reserve as Thanos. Um, it's probably like my top shared meme ever, and it's brought in new followers and stuff. So welcome. Welcome to the FritzCast. Welcome to the FritzCast family. We love you. Um, even if we hate you, we love you. 
So at FritzQS on Twitter, Facebook.com slash TheFritzCast. You're already on the YouTube if you're watching. If you're not, um, just search for FritzCast or find my Twitter uh, or go to FritzCast.webnode.com and you can get links to all of that stuff and my blog, uh, which is going to be periodic. It's not, it's not going to be set or anything. It's just when I really want to put my thoughts down on, on paper or in this case on digital screen. That's what that's going to be. Uh, and then there's great guests coming up, guys. There's Senator, uh, former Senator Eric Brakey, Joshua Smith, Brian Nichols, Kurt at Checkmate State, and more coming up on FritzCast, including more solo content like this. I love you guys. I miss you guys. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good rest of your weekend and a good week until we meet again. <laughs>